You're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, and that is on 87.6, 87.8, and 88.0. And you can also catch us through Faith FM app or Faith FM website. Uh, today we have joining us every Wednesday, Rako Chelich, with this series 3MJ. The 3M stand for Movement, Message, and Mission of Jesus, and they are based on Revelation chapter 10, chapter 12, and chapter 14. Welcome, Rako. How are you today? Good, thank you, Tabitha. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Uh, what were you up to over the weekend? Did you have anything exciting or interesting that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, we did. At our Bernie Seventh-day Adventist Church, we um, celebrated our 50th anniversary. And uh, that was really great. We had um, our Sabbath service. Uh, instead of just having normal Sabbath school, we had a Sabbath school service with uh, testimony time. Yeah. A- and that was good to hear and, and a bit of a, a song and special item and just a time of sharing and praise. And then when it came to our church service, um, we had a great program and it was a blessing. Uh, we had a little section on the history of the church. Uh, we also had uh, uh, two people sharing uh, a time of praise and one person of those two, he couldn't c- be present. His name is Pastor Ross Parker, but I spoke to him. He was the one that opened up the church 50 years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he sent a little video of about five minutes long, and that was shared in front of the church. And then we had a sermon um, by Pastor Gary Webster, who who joins us on, on usually on Tuesdays mm-hmm. uh, in the program with Tassie Encounters, and uh, he preached a message on the second coming, on the burning desire for the coming of the Lord. And then we had a great time with fellowship and and, uh, just uh, having lunch together. So that was awesome. Oh, that sounds very interesting, for sure. Um, About my weekend, my weekend wasn't interesting at all, so (laughs) (laughs) I think there's no need to share. There's nothing to share, actually. Um, So I understand this this big event, huge, I should say, event coming up. Um, It's called Prophetica. Did you want to share something about that program? Yes. Look, uh, Prophetica is going to be held. It's a seminar presentation program, and it's going to be held in different parts around uh, around Tasmania. Uh, On Saturday uh, at 10 a.m., it will be at Scottsdale. And uh, there's been... Uh, advertisement that's been taking place on radio and also TV. The other day, someone said to me, oh, they saw this uh, advertisement on Channel 7. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, that's pretty cool. And so uh, there's going to be also this program being held at Ulverston. uh, Mm -hmm. And and this is where I am here in the Northwest. Um, It's going to be at the Civic Center in Olverston in the Gawler Room, mm-hmm. and it will start at 4.30 p.m., and hopefully we finish by 9 p.m. There will be a small little meal in between, nothing fancy, but just uh, uh, something to, to eat, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go to a website. Um, I don't have the website on me, but I'm Prophetica. sure if you just... Com. Thank you, prophetica.com, mm-hmm. and the cost is $10 per person and $25 per family. And actually, we, we're going to give out free um, tickets to the first few people who will text in. We have few tickets left. We've given out some, and we, we, won't, yeah, we only have few left. So 
the few first few people to text in the offer code for prophetic tickets will be lucky to get free tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll and, give the code a bit later. Awesome. And, and let me just add to that. Um, we're going to be touching on. Uh, there's going to be seven, you can say, talks or presentations, mm-hmm. and they will go on for about 25 minutes each. Mm-hmm. And uh, there will be topics ranging from prophecy and health and uh, things to do with end-time events. Mm-hmm. It really it sounds very interesting. I'm going to be there for sure. It's an <laughs> event you don't want to miss. Yep. I guarantee so there is, th- mm-hmm. There is, uh, I think, two places in Hobart where it's going to be held. Mm. Yep. Yeah, w- w- did you want to tell us where that will be? Uh, I'm just looking at the brochure here. One is at the uh, Hobart Function and Conference Center. And what's, uh, when will that be? That will be on August 8th. So it's not this weekend, but the following weekend yeah. um, from 4.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. But I did think there was another place. Okay, Bella Reeve. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be on August 7th. Mm. Um, from 4.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. So, yeah, hop on the on, on the website and get more information about it. Okay. And one more question, Rako. Um, why should I attend this event? Uh, I think it's going to open up a person's eyes, mm. um, a person that is trying to seek and understand even God, the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most important questions are, where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. A- and some of this will be answered. Now, not all fully, and there's always more to to dive in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just want to welcome people to come along. Indeed, indeed. I'm sure it's an event you don't want to miss. There's a lot to learn. You can ask questions. You, you, yeah, it's it's an eye opener to some of the things that are happening, um, in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just to tell our, to remind our listeners that they can text in any questions, comments, or feedback to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one at any point during the program, and we'll be able to get back to you. So, Gary, moving on to. Today. Oh, Gary. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rako. Sorry, sorry about that. All good, all good. I don't know. Um, Gary yeah. was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Um, so what did we share last week before we move on to today's program? Can you remind us what we shared last week, please? I want to go a step back. Um, mm-hmm. We've been looking at Jesus' final week of ministry, and we are. last time we finished with events still on Tuesday. And we haven't finished to say. We, we started with events on Sunday, and there's a number of things that have been happening in a chronological um, format. So on Sunday, you have Jesus. He, he told people, two of his disciples, go and pick up the donkey. Mm-hmm. And on the Sunday, you have Jesus' triumphal entry. He's on the Mount of Olives. He weeps over Jerusalem. He enters into Jerusalem, but then he comes out and he returns back to Bethany. Monday comes along, and there's a fruitless fig tree, and he cursed it. He then enters into Jerusalem, he enters into the temple, he cleanses the temple, and then he goes back to Bethany. Mm. Then Tuesday comes along, and he sees the fig tree that he cursed, and now it's withered away. And he goes into Jerusalem, he goes into the temple, his his authority is questioned uh, by the religious leaders, and then he shares three parables with them in a row. And we've looked at this in our previous episodes. It's the parable of the two sons, the parable of the wicked vine dresses, the parable of the wedding feast. And then Jesus is questioned um, 
three three different questions were asked mm -hmm. to him. Uh, the first one had to do with a political question mm. uh, about paying taxes to Caesar. Mm. And then he was asked a religious, or you can say he was asked a theological question about the resurrection by the Sadducees. Then he was asked a ethical question. You can also say it's a religious question where he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he answers that. Mm. But then Jesus turns the tables and then he asks them a question about his identity who is who is the messiah who is mm. the christ uh, he's not just the son of david but he's mm. also the son of god mm. but then we come to matthew 23 and uh, we started this about two weeks ago mm. or three weeks ago where jesus points out characteristics of false leaders mm. And uh, the people are there, the multitude is there, this is happening in the temple, and he, he first uh, publicly condemns these Pharisees, these scribes, but then he personally gets into them, and this is what we studied last time, and we saw that Christ gave five woes. Now, there's going to be a total of eight, and we're going to cover three other ones in this mm. episode, but he gives five woes, and the first one is, you shut up the kingdom of heaven to others. The second one is, you take advantage of people, mm. uh, and there's the example of where they took advantage of widows. The third woe is you're, f you're doing soul winning, but it's false. Mm. The fourth woe is oh, you, you talk about having all these oaths and promises, but they're empty. They don't mean anything. Uh, the fifth woe is there's a lack of justice, mercy, and faith. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, they put this emphasis on tithing, you know, tithing the mint and the anise and the cumin. I never shared this last time, but uh, an ancient Jewish rabbi mm. had trained a donkey to eat only grain that had been tithed. Mm. And some rabbis believe that if a wife served food that has not been tithed, that was grounds for divorce. Mm -hmm. this is this is how ridiculous some of these things were happening yeah mm. but that's a bit of a summary um, of what we um, dealt with last time mm. so what are we talking about today well we're continuing the second part um, as we're talking about woes to the religious leaders and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 23 verses 25 to 36 mm-hmm so I right. think we need to get into the Bible, right? That's right. Yes, we don't have much time left in this section. <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> section one is already gone. Uh, I is. think before we just open up the scripture, I think you have a, uh, a question there for, for our audience. Yeah, probably, yeah. I'll share the question. And did you want me to read one verse? or Yeah, um, yeah you can read one verse. But re yeah, share the question first, and then we'll read one Bible verse. Okay. So today we have a question for our listeners. And the question is, how do you know so? How do you know someone is a false spiritual leader? How do you tell a false spiritual leader apart? Because we have so many spiritual leaders, um, yeah, coming up with different messages. How do you tell if someone is actually anointed by God or yeah, doing the right work for God? Right, right, right. So let's go to Matthew twenty-three. Yes. And can you please read verse, verse twenty-five? Yep. Yeah, okay. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. And verse 26 too, please, because it's connected. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. I, I think we need to come back after yes. after a song, right? Yes, so we're going to... 
our first break and uh, we're going with this song called Take the World But Give Me Jesus by Mark Miller. Take this world but give me Jesus All its joys are but a name But His love abideth ever Through eternal years the same
take the world but give me Jesus by Mark Miller. You tuned in to Tazi Encounters with Draco Chelich. And Draco is talking about um, wars to the religious leaders, part two. And before we went for a break, we read about um, the Pharisees washing the cup from the outside but leaving the inside. Um, yeah, we'd like to know what that means. But before you can tell us, Draco, I just want to pose to echo the questions to our listeners today's question um how do you know someone is a false spiritual leader how do you tell a false spiritual leader apart please mm. text in your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and where well, we'll be able to share your responses Th- thanks for that tabitha and, and i want to add that was a great song thank you thank you for that choice okay. uh, you know here he talks about uh, in the bible how you cleanse the outside of your cup and dish. And does this have anything to do with literally uh, washing cups and dishes? Do you think I so? I do not think so. <laughs> no. I don't uh, think so. Uh, Early in that. Mark, yeah, there's more to that. Mm. In Mark chapter 7, there was a tradition in how they would watch, uh, sorry, wash mm-hmm. cups and pitchers and couches. But this really has to do with internal character of uncleanliness. Mm. And, you know, on the outside, they look good. And this is self-righteous external religion. Um, But this really, this section of scripture has to do with the heart, their mind. And Jesus, he did speak about the Pharisees, what's happening externally. Mm. um, But now he's getting more deeper and he's sharing, hey, this is what's happening internally. You have internal issues. Mm. And it mentions that they are full of extortion and also self-indulgence. Now, do you know what extortion is? Extortion is, um, is it taking from others? Yeah, it is taking from others. And and especially when you're doing it through force and threats Mm. and you're trying to obtain something, especially money. Mm. Um, and extortion can also be you're robbing people. And there's a difference between stealing and robbing. Stealing can take place when the owner is not present, but robbing is when the owner is present. And mm. the Pharisees, they really had a problem with money, but they also have a problem with uh, they're full of self-indulgence. Mm. And uh, when you read the King James Version, it says excess. And, and I've looked up this Greek word, and it can be translated also as inconsistency, intemperance, mm-hmm. or a lack of self-control. Mm. And I need to ask myself the question as a leader, and even if, not a, if you're not a church leader, but you know, do I sometimes have a pharisaical spirit or attitude? Mm. Uh, do I have the attitude of, having a lack of self-control and intemperance. And there could be many areas where one can be inconsistent or intemperate. Um, It could be a devotional life. Uh, It could be covering, spending money. Mm. It could be even appetite, what you eat. Mm. Um, You know, it could be sport, entertainment. And we've been quoting from that book called Desire of Ages. And Mm. in the book Desire of Ages, page 407, it says this, a consistent life in Christ is a great miracle. Mm. And yet we see that self-indulgence can also mean in the Greek inconsistent. But, you know, here in the of Ages it says a consistent life in Christ is a great miracle. And remember, Tabitha, you've got uh, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, mm-hmm. and they're listed. There's nine of them. Guess mm-hmm. which one is the last one? Um, self-control. <laughs> yeah, self-control. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we don't talk much about that one, right? No, no, actually <laughs> not. No. 
hardly uh, ever. So self-control or, or temperance. And uh, I, I really believe that we are living in the last days of Earth's history. Mm. Um, in the Bible, in First Timothy 3, uh, verses 1 and onwards, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And perilous mm. means dangerous times. Mm. And then there's a whole list where it says, For men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Uh, and then as you continue, it says in verse 3 there, without self-control. Mm. Um, and it says here, when you look at the text here in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 23, it says they are full of extortion mm. and self-indulgence. It doesn't say they're partially. It doesn't say, and this is what's happening inside the cup, because Jesus is talking here about the cup. You know, this is what's inside. He doesn't say, oh, the cup is only a quarter or half. But he says you're full of mm. um, self-indulgence and also, uh, you know, you have this lack of control, mm. uh, lack of self-control. But he also gives them some advice. Can you read verse 26 again? Sure. Um Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Hmm. You know, effective cleansing must begin where first? From the inside. Yeah, from the inside. Yeah. I think people tend to worry so much about what people see. Yep. Like, you know, some sometimes you hear people say, um, this, the, the people look good, these people look good in public, but they are chaos in their house or... You know, they, they're not treating their family well. They just treat, mm. yeah, they're putting that good impression to strangers or in the public, but in their uh, life, they're not sorting out the problems <laughs> yet. You reminded me of a story of where a pastor went to visit two people, a married couple, and mm. as he was coming closer to the door, he heard them uh, arguing and yelling at each other, and especially the woman was really upset and angry, mm. and, and he heard them, mm -hmm. and he knocked on the door, and as soon as um, the lady opened the door, she went, Oh, hello, Pastor. <laughs> Come inside. <laughs> it's like the like attitude just changed. <laughs> like there was nothing wrong. But uh, and and you know, I believe we can all struggle with this yeah. because you can be an angel in church and mm. and come to church, uh, but at the at home. Hmm. You're maybe the opposite of that. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're having the, the the characteristics of Satan and and, and being a monster. <laughs> mm. And so, you know, it's about remember what I read uh, from Desire of Ages. There, it says a consistent life in Christ is a great miracle. Mm. It's a great miracle because you are not relying on self. Mm. Um, uh, you know, you you can't be self sufficient. You need to be Christ um, dependent on Christ. Um, to help you. So here you have internal character issues with these false leaders. Mm. Um, let's move on. And can you please read verse 27 and 28? This is the seventh woe. Sure. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. And verse 28, please. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. When you look at this seventh woe, it's actually very much similar to the to the woe we just read about. Mm. And uh, the we inside can just, comparison of the inside and the outside. 
Yeah, again, you know, uh, in my notes here, uh, the, the seventh row here, I've put it's outside show but internal uncleanliness. Mm. A- and here it talks about whitewashed tombs or the tomb is the grave. Mm. Uh, what does the word whitewash even mean? Do you know? It's color white. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, it's very, it's been used. Um, you know, when I was in high school, we used to wear white Arabic shoes, we used to call them Taki. <laughs> yeah, Takis. So when you, after you wash them, we used to apply this. We used to call it, it's, it's not really like, it's kind of like a whitewash when you use a whitewash to clear ink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when we apply that, we after we wash them while they're still wet, we apply that and then let them to dry with that. And after they dry, they look white. Uh, okay. So I'm imagining it's something similar to that. Yeah. You use the word called tackies, and, and, and I think you're meaning sneakers, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, because yes. my wife is South African, and she she's used that term before, tackies. And I'm like, <laughs> what's that? It's sneakers, right? Yeah. Um, and, and have you ever seen maybe pictures of the Mediterranean and maybe Greece, where there's houses close to the Mediterranean Sea there? They're very white. They're very in white, color, right? Yes. In, in color. appealing. So, and so that that kind of reminds me of whitewash because whitewash is a mixture of chalk or lime and water used for painting houses mm. and, and walls white. Here it says, this is what you're doing to these tombs. You you um, they appear beautiful, and uh, but he says to he says to these false religious leaders, inside you're full of dead man's bones. And you think about things that are happening inside the grave. There's death. There's rot. There's decomposition decomposition Mm. and um, I think I need to share this a little bit see you need to think like a Hebrew according to ritual law there was an extreme form of defilement with contact with the dead Mm. and so you read this in Leviticus chapter 21 and Mm. also Numbers chapter 19 we don't have time to go there Mm. but in these chapters it talks about things like and and I personally don't understand all of these things but when you you are not to touch a dead person and if you touch a dead person you would be unclean for seven days and there were all these purification laws in how to be cleansed again. We talked about that on Monday actually with David Leo. Wow, so there you go. Everything's connected. Yeah, Yeah, wow. So that's awesome. And so um, if you would touch a dead body, well, then you cannot participate in the synagogue services because you would be seen as, oh, you are defiled, you are polluted, you are unholy. Mm. And uh, we need to understand a little bit of a background when it comes to Jewish writings. See, this is happening in the final week of Jesus' ministry. This is leading up to Friday. Uh, Mm. This is now going, on Friday you have this, uh, the Passover feast, right? And Jesus Christ is our Passover. And according to Jewish writings, one month before the Passover feast, and keep in mind, everyone from different parts of the Roman Empire who were Jews, they would make this pilgrimage and they would come to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen is, a month before this, uh, there would be people out there where they would um, whitewash the tombs. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes we are told by commentaries, these tombs, or uh, they would be next to the path as you would travel to Jerusalem. So you would be able to see something that is bright and white, and therefore, oh, you don't want to touch it, because if you touch it, you would be Defiled. Unclean. All right. Uh, unclean. Yeah, we need to go for a break now. Sorry to cut you short, but we yep. can pick up from there after the break. 
Um, just before we go for a break, um, I want to give out, today we have two free offers we're giving out. Um, and the first one is free tickets to Prophetica event. I just want to give out the code now. It is Prophetica21, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-I-C-A, number 21, no space in between, text that to 488 and we'll be able to get the ticket sent to you. And I just want to mention that this event is happening in Tasmania. It's only happening in Tasmania for this time of the year. So I encourage Tasmanians to text in to get that um, free ticket. There's not many left, so you you don't want to miss out. Um, yeah, and we're going f- um, out to another break. Um, and this next song is called "All Creatures of Our Lord and King" by Fernando Ortega. Ten. 
All Creatures of Our Lord and King by Fernando Ortega. I think when you realize the goodness that God has done for you, you just can't stay silent. Mm. Yeah, you just want to give praise and tell everyone all the wonderful things that God has done to you. Um, Yeah, you're listening to the series 3MJ with Draco Chalet. And uh, before we went for a break, Draco, you talked about whitewashed tombs. Um, Yeah, they... Inside uncleanliness, but outward show of righteousness or cleanliness. Mm. Uh, yeah, did you want, before you can finish that off, I just want to remind our listeners of the today's offer code. Um, and it is Prophetica 21 to get uh, the free tickets to Prophetica event. Text into Prophetica 21, P R O P H E T. T-I-C-A number 21, no space in between, to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send that ticket to you. And just to mention, this event is only happening in Tasmania um, for this time. Um, Rako, did you just want to finish off the war you were talking about before we went for a break? Yeah, we talked about whitewashed tombs. So really the Jews were trying to avoid ritual impurity, but Jesus said to them, you're full of, notice again, full of, <laughs> and, and he says you're full of hypocrisy and also lawlessness or iniquity, sin, and, and it is rebellion. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our last woe, mm-hmm. and uh, it's our third one for today, but really in the series it's eight here, mm-hmm. uh, the eighth one. And can you please read verses 29 to 33, please? Sure. Um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Should I continue? Yeah, continue, please. Therefore, you you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt, serpents, bread of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Thank you. So this this woe is all about how you honor people when they are dead, but it really means nothing. Mm. And uh, you're even making the tombs and garnishing the monuments and tombs of the righteous. And it's not just the prophets, but the righteous. The righteous could be messengers of God. Mm. And Jesus said to them, hmm, this is what you're doing. And you're saying that if we, um, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not do that. Mm. That's what they're saying. Mm. But do you think that's true, Tabitha? I don't think so. No, because let me ask another question. Mm-hmm. Was there a prophet among them in the time of Jesus Christ? No, no. No, there wasn't. Just keep in mind, who prepared the way for Jesus? Oh, yes, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I believe there were prophets. Yes, there was prophet Elijah. There was... um, 
But I'm talking, yeah, that's John in the, the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, yeah. But in the New Testament, we have John the John Baptist, the Baptist, right? Yeah. And there was also Anna the prophetess in Luke chapter 2. Um, she was an older lady, but we don't know how she was treated by the people. But we definitely know that John the Baptist, his message was rejected. Mm. And, and in Luke 7, you read about oh, he, how he is the greatest. Um, there's not been a greater prophet than John the Baptist and how there are people who are getting baptized and Yet, Jesus says, well, the Pharisees and lawyers, they reject the will of God for themselves, Mm. not being baptized. Uh, I want to read something. This is a quotation that comes from the Seventh-day Adventist Bible Commentary, Volume 5, page 491. The martyrs of one generation often become the heroes of the next. While the prophets were alive, it was popular to throw stones at them. Mm. After they had been dead for a time, it became popular to set up elaborate stone monuments to commemorate them. Mm. The Jews could not honor living prophets without accepting their messages, but it was a simple thing to honor dead prophets without doing so. And, and so he's saying to them, you are sons or you are the offsprings of those who murdered the prophets. Imagine, imagine I said this to you, Tabitha, you are a descendant of Hitler. And I kept on throwing that in your face. How would you feel? Oh, I would be very disappointed, really. And very okay. angry, yeah. Very angry. You get angry very easily, don't you? No. <laughs> but um, you wouldn't like that at all. No. And then no. in verse 32, uh, can you read that for us again, verse 32? Yeah. Um, Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents. Yeah, yeah, that is that it. Yep. So here it says fill up. In the Greek it can mean also perfect. Mm-hmm. And it says... You're, you are measuring your father's guilt. Now, you need to keep something important in mind. Mm-hmm. The word guilt here in our Bibles is italicized. Mm-hmm. When a word is italicized, it means that it has been supplied or added. So it really shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Because in Scripture, we are not responsible for my mother's or father's guilt. Okay, mm-hmm. We know this based on Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 2 to 30. I am not punished for the sins of my father or mother. So what Jesus is saying here is you are leveling up to the measure just like your, your ancestors. You are no different. That's what he's saying to them. And then he calls them serpents. Mm-hmm. Now, when I mention the word serpent, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The devil. <clears throat> Exactly, mm. right? Because the story of uh, Adam and Eve mm. in, in Genesis chapter 3. And uh, we know that Revelation 12 verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Mm. And so he, he's calling them serpents. Uh, he calls them snakes. Mm. And, uh, d- d- you know, this is the character of Satan and the character of deception. Mm. And... I know you have the Bible open there to Psalms 140, Mm -hmm. and can you read uh, verses 1 to 4? Just read verse by verse, please. Yeah. Um, And there's actually a topic. It's called Prayer for Deliverance from Evil Man to the Mm -hmm. Chief Musician. That is a psalm of David, one of David's psalms. Um, It reads, Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men. Question. Were the Sadducees and Pharisees, were they evil men? From what we've read, yes, they were. They were yes. taking advantage of 
the vulnerable people in the society. I'm not saying every Sadducee and Pharisee was like that. I believe there were good ones like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea mm. um, that we read. But the majority, they were evil men because they plotted to kill Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, and they were violent. So, you know, the, this, this thing, you see this. Okay, verse 2. Um, who plan evil things in their hearts, they continually gather together for war. Okay, you see that. They're gathering together. They're planning. They're plotting. And you see this in John chapter 11. Mm. Verse uh, 3, please. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps, asps is under their lips. You know, it's interesting here. It says they sharpen their tongues like what? Like a serpent. Ah, there you go. And then verse 4, what does David write there? Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purpose to make my steps stumble. <laughs> I like that word preserved. You know, I actually wasn't put, wanting to put this um, in my notes. I just read this last night. I think it's First Chronicles chapter 18, where mm-hmm. twice in that chapter, um, God is saying, David, I'm going to preserve you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And God will preserve us from the enemy. And, and you know, do not fear him who can destroy um, the body, mm-hmm. but rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul. That soul mm-hmm. means life. So mm-hmm. someone may destroy your body, but mm-hmm. you know what? There's hope of a resurrection. Mm-hmm. God will preserve you for eternity. And so we are not to be afraid. Um, because there's going to be similar things that are going to happen before Christ comes back again as we study prophecy. Jesus also calls them your brood of vipers. That word brood is you're an offspring. You're a generation of viper, mm. vipers, and a viper is a venomous snake. And this is not the first time that these religious leaders were called vipers mm. um, or brood of vipers. In Matthew 3, John the Baptist called them brood of vipers. In Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus called them brood of vipers. This is the second time. And now the third time in Matthew 23, they're called brood of vipers mm-hmm. in baseball. Strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. But you know, sometimes a, a pitcher does not strike someone out straight away in three. It's sometimes, you know, there, there's a foul ball or something. And, and I want to apply this that there is grace for these guys to accept the Messiah, but they just don't. And they just keep on rejecting the Messiah. Mm. We need to go for a break, unfortunately. Um, and before, we, just before we go for a break, I want to mention the offer for the second, the second offer. And this is the book, The Desire of Ages. And this book um, is by Ellen G. White. It does not merely set down. LNG White does not merely set down a series of remote events, but presents the meaning of those events so vividly that you'll feel like you, you're an eyewitness to what is being described. And in these pages, you will understand, possibly for the first time, the true underlying significance of Christ's deeds and their bearing on your own life. Uh, I'll give you the code after the break, uh, but for now we need to go for a break uh, with this song, Spread a Little Love Around by Linda Shelton. This crazy world can make us all feel bad I sit and watch the news and just get sad We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground Get out today, spread a little love around Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his car's broke down 
You're listening to Taz Encounters with Draco Chelit, and um, that song is Spread a Little Love Around by Linda Shelton. Um, I believe the world is really difficult, and people can use a little bit of love. Mm. Yeah. Um, just before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to the book, Desire of Ages, and the code is um, 3MJ1. 3MJ1. Um, number one. No space in between. Just text 3MJ1 to 0488-880-891 and we'll get this, um, the book sent to you. And I also just want to echo the listener question. Um, how do you know someone is a false sp- spiritual leader? Can you tell a false spiritual leader apart? We'd like to know your answers. Please send those in to 488 880 what else do you have for us, Rako? We don't have much time left, so maybe you can summarize today's yes, program. Uh, mm, the, the plan and the aim was also to read from verse 34 to 36, but I'll cover that in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But I just want to um, wrap up of all the different woes that we've covered when it comes to these scribes and Pharisees. Yeah. The first woe was they shut up the kingdom of heaven to others. The second woe was they took advantage of people. The third woe was false soul witnessing. The fourth woe, empty oaths and promises. Mm-hmm. The fifth woe, a lack of justice, mercy, and faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, they emphasized in minors. And then we covered three other woes today. The sixth woe mm-hmm. was internal character uncleanliness. Uh, the seventh woe, outside show, but internal uncleanliness. And the eighth woe is they honor people when they are dead, but it means nothing. And, and the big question is, what can we take away? What can we learn? Mm. Well, the first thing is, uh, let me ask you a question. Are mm. all religions good, Tabitha? Mm, Are all religion, religions I, good? I don't think so. I was watching the news sometime, and there's this religion um, I heard of. 
I don't I don't know if it's wise to mention from what um, region or yeah. country, but it seems like it was putting a burden on people, like um, putting all this expectation on people, and which were not really healthy. Like I feel like it was putting people in bondage, and I don't think that is what Jesus wants for us. No, and it's interesting because the Pharisees did the same. They they mm. um, they made burdens upon people, heavy burdens, which they themselves will not even practice. Mm. And, and and this religion of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it does not lead you properly to God. It's a mm. religion really without salvation. It's it's a self righteous one. It's what you can do to earn your way uh, to salvation. Now, I personally believe that there is only one true religion. I don't say that in an arrogant manner, and I believe it's Christianity. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And and the Bible tells me in Acts chapter four, verse twelve, that there is, um, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask another question. Mm-hmm. Are all church leaders good? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious I'm answer sure is no. <laughs> yes. A- a- and in Matthew 23, these mm-hmm. religious leaders, um, to put it this way, they were terrible. Mm. Uh, they looked good. They looked impressive. They would even wear phylacteries. They wore long fringes. They had respectable names. You know, they were called rabbi. Mm-hmm. Um but they are like wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm. A- and there is the possibility of having false teachers and false church leaders even in the church. But mm. uh, I want to just give some advice. Well, we need to not be suspicious of everyone. But on mm-hmm. the flip side, don't be gullible. You must be aware because Satan is very active in the church. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make um, God's people asleep. Mm. And there are false teachers, there are false church leaders, and they need to be tested. Um, They are usually not very obvious. They're not going to come up to you, Tabitha, and say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to cheat you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that would be very stupid. That's a lousy false leader. They're actually smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a wolf in sheep's clothing. They put on the right costume. Mm -hmm. They put on sheep's clothing. They act Christian. They'll even use Christian lingo, like praise the Lord, hallelujah. They can even quote the Bible. They may have even studied at a uh, theological seminary, they looked apart, and the way to tell a false teacher apart is by their fruits, and that takes time. By their fruits, you'll know them. By their character, you'll know them. It's not It's not a quick thing. Also, by their doctrine and what they teach. You know, some people say, oh, I love his preaching because it makes me feel good. Mm. Well, just because you're feeling good doesn't mean that they're preaching right doctrine or right teaching. And, you know, one person said that good preaching is when people live in gospel-centered, joyful obedience to God. Mm. And obedience is not legalism. Obedience is also an allegiance of love, uh, as Steps to Christ on page 60 says. Mm. But it takes time to see if someone is a false leader or to tell a wolf apart. Mm. And, um, you know, which... Which factory uh, do false teachers come from? Well, they usually come from within the church. Mm. Why do people want to be a false teacher? Well, there could be a number of reasons, but number one is, oh, popular. Mm. Uh, They want the praise of men. Or number two, it's money, just like here, extortion. Um, And in 2 Peter 2, verse 3, it talks about false leaders, and it says, by covetous, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Mm. And I guess another thing I want to share is, uh, not all religious deeds or actions are good, because we talked about this earlier you may look good on the outside and when you come to church but what's happening at home Mm. you know Uh, and and so we sometimes think of oh my good deeds are going to cover up all my bad things that i'm doing no Mm. god is not a fool 
Uh, and so we want to have respect for God. And I guess the main thing is it, being a leader for God, mm. um, and we are all called to be priests, according to First Peter 2, 9, mm. is uh, I just want to encourage all of us to mm. just have Christ abiding in us. Mm. Yes, indeed. Um, and I just want to mention that it's good to remember that also these religious leaders are human and not yes. to have, they're leading the church and they need to lead by example, but we should not have extraordinary expectations from them. It's good yes. to understand that and not burden them or make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, in, in Psalms 118, verse 8, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Mm. Um, because man will disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. And I, say, I think that's a good point. You know, um, Gandhi said, when I look at Christ, I want to become a Christian. But when I look at Christians, I want to remain where I am. And his problem was that sometimes he's looking at people rather than looking at God. And yes, men are still uh, human hmm. and leaders are still human and, and sometimes I've come across people where people have such a high expectation and there is an expectation on, on especially if you're a church leader hmm. but um, you know don't just say strike one and you're out and hmm. I've seen that and, and that's that's just you know they're still they're, they're still learning I, I've made many mistakes as a leader and I'm sure I'll still make many more hmm. um, but it's it, it's learning from that experience and moving forward and, yeah. and humbling yourself yeah okay yeah that's right we're running out of time and I just want to quickly remind our readers of our listeners of today's um, code over codes the first offer is Prophetica 21 texts Prophetica 21 number 21 no space in between to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and also 3MJ1 to get the book Desire of Ages and uh, just quickly can you tell us what you have for us next week um, next week, we're going to be looking at how Jesus laments over Jerusalem. Okay. And tomorrow we have Peter Watts with his series, Stretching for Certainty, and his uh, topic is Born to Live Forever. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day, and I hope you've been blessed by Rako's message. Thank you, Tabitha. God bless you. Thank you, too.